Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're taking a look at a passage of scripture from Isaiah 53, talking about how Jesus had no beauty or majesty, majesty to attract us to him. I've just been thinking about this concept. I was just thinking about this verse, thinking about how this is not what the people expected. He didn't come with beauty and majesty the way that people expected. He bore our sorrows and our griefs and our pain. And I believe something God was showing me is that he didn't come with beauty or majesty. He, he put that off so that he could make us beautiful. I believe he put that off. I believe that's what God's showing me here. He put that off so that he could make us beautiful, the beautiful, spotless bride of Christ. So we're going to take, be taking communion over this today, just asking God for wisdom and insight into this so we can grow deeper and know more about this but why are we taking communion every day about 10 years ago i had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever was doing life on my own without god doing things my own way but life wasn't going the way that i wanted it to go at the time i was running my personal training business and the business started out great but i got into some tough times i've got some months where i'm losing thousands of dollars in a month I just got the weight and stress and pressure of the business on me. My life was very unbalanced. And I remember getting to this place of going for a walk with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. And it wasn't for a lack of seeking or searching because I've been traveling all over the country, studying with some of the best health and fitness experts in the world, reading books, taking courses, going to seminars, not just health and fitness, but other areas like business and leadership and purpose and uh, finances, relationships, but I wasn't finding what I was looking for. And then one day I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one day, Proverbs 13, 22, just seemed to jump off the page at me. It says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we can pass on to future generations? Well, Proverbs tells us that the wisdom and understanding are the principal thing. And so I made a commitment that day. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But really, when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him really began to grow. He began to teach me, began to train me. He taught me this whole new way of living. But we learned to make him the source, make, make him the center of everything. And learning how to rest and how to trust in him. Now, it wasn't always easy all the time. Learning to do things a new way meant I had to put off my old ways. Had to let go of some old ways of doing things and to embrace this new way of living. At times, I found myself in some impossible looking situations, only to see God just come through over and over again as my faith and my trust in Him just began to grow more and more. Now, over the course of about 10 years, I just documented what He was taking me through, the things that He was teaching me. And it turned into this series of books and courses that we have now called the Abundant Life Blueprint. But I do believe the most important thing we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. 
has the ability to create a turning point, to turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. Something so powerful about just simply remembering and not forgetting, especially when we're in the just the pressures of everyday life. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all these benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus. Honoring his sacrifice and all that his sacrifice did for us. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. If communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we're talking about some uh, practical health and fitness tips. Because I truly believe all the principles of health and fitness are just meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. And I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today to impact every area of today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. 
And that's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun into them today. But before we go through the fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were steps and stages. There was a process that they went through. They didn't just go there in one day. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I believe there's a process. Very simply, I think it starts with believing God's got something better for our life. Better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. And just having that childlike faith and belief in him being willing to move forward with his plan for our life. And then we have to learn to put off our old ways and to embrace God's ways of doing things. Learning how to rest and to trust in him, to walk in faith, to walk in love, walk in forgiveness. To step into these promises that he had for us and just being willing to allow his plan to unfold in his perfect timing. So our first fundamental. Let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. Has to happen every single day. And I think it starts with humility. Jesus says, you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven? You've got to humble yourself like this little child. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. It's the humble who are given grace. And we're going to take our position in forgiveness today. Receiving forgiveness from God. Forgiving ourselves in the middle. Walking in forgiveness with other people. And we're going to take our position in love today. Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrongs. Delighting in the truth, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today, one of the greatest expressions of faith. And it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal, because it puts us in position to be able to receive all that God has for us. Imagine a quarterback and a receiver. The quarterback throws the pass, but the receiver runs in the wrong direction. He's out of position to receive. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all on him. And we get this amazing opportunity that this day today, we get access to his spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom, fellowship with God, fellowship with people. There's purpose and grace, health and energy, time, resources, finances. It's all available to be received. But then we have to learn how to get it flowing through us out into the world. But we see the fruit or the result of it in our life. That's where we start talking about our second fundamental, to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart, where we become more fixed and consistent in this. And to magnify the light, we've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. One basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. The other basket full of our praises to God. Praising him for who he is, praising him for all that he's done in our life. And to magnify the light, which basket are we going to fill up with our focus, our attention, our thoughts, our words, our meditation? Which basket are we going to put our focus on? To magnify the light, we can magnify God's word, his unfailing love and faithfulness, his mighty works, that nothing is impossible with him. We can magnify everything that he's done for us in Christ. And looking back at all that's going well, 
all that God has already done, because what he started, he's going to finish. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. Simply a matter of focus. Which basket are we going to focus on? We're going to fill up that basket of praise because we trust that God can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, filling up that other basket with venting and complaining and pouting, toiling away, trying to figure out all those problems. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. We might find ourselves retaliating at people, withholding good things that we know to do. We might avoid people or give them the silent treatment. Or we might think that God is doing those things to us. On the inside, we'll have this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. You might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, like you're trapped or you're stuck. And it seems like there's no way out. And all that weight and pressure on the inside just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst-case scenarios, having flashbacks of the past of bad things that have happened. And unfortunately, this can become a habit. This can become a vicious cycle that seems to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completeness in him. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now all those good things he put in Christ just begin to flow through us. And everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. You feel the peace and the joy just begin to flow. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation. Because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. that We could be totally off track. And two seconds later, we can turn it right back around, be back in the light again. I think it starts with just getting more present, getting aware of our positioning. And then we humble ourselves. Father, forgive me. I've missed it. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves in the middle. If we need to reconcile with somebody else or forgive, we take those steps. And then we start praising and thanking him for his grace and his goodness and his love. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you on the inside. Everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental. We've got to stay tuned in today. Every day, God's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us throughout the day. But we've got to stay tuned into him. And one of the most important keys, I believe, to staying tuned in is staying in rhythm with God. And one of the ways I like to stay tuned in and rhythm with God is with a journal before bed. And the way I like to stay in rhythm, I like to start with what I call some filters at the very top of the journal. And I start with, what's the big picture vision? Where do I feel like God's leading me in my life? So for me personally, that's Abundant Life Training Centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. That's the big picture vision. I keep putting that on the top of my mind, the top of my journal every day. And then underneath that, I have the, the vision or direction I felt like God gave me for the year. So this year, it's 2022. I write the year of the beautiful land. It just helps keep me navigating, keeping those things top of mind as I go throughout this year. And then underneath that, I have a monthly filter. 
The monthly filter usually comes from our monthly message that we did for the month. So for example, this month it's confidence through praise. Through praising God consistently, filling up that basket of praise, our confidence in him begins to grow. And that's a big deal. And then underneath that, we have a weekly filter. A weekly filter that usually comes from our weekly, yearly cycle updates. This week, it's embrace challenges rather than being someone that runs from challenges, being someone that embraces and runs toward those challenges because we've got God with us. And I use those filters to help me stay in rhythm and in step with God, help me to navigate and make decisions by as I go throughout the day, keeping them top of mind. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to stay in position and then to magnify what went well today. What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question, God, what were you trying to show me today? And just get still and listen. Whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we got to stay tuned in today. Every day he's trying to teach us and navigate us. we got to stay connected to him. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection, just take a couple minutes. Just slow down, get connected to him again. Think about like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him. And then the final thing I like to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of him, trying to force things to happen, trying to toil away in my mind, trying to figure things out. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. So I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? And that becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle, that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. And so now those are the first words that come out of my mouth in the morning. Right when I wake up, let there be light. And it's amazing how just a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with God. We start praising and magnifying him. We start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives, bringing things into our life that we could never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive. We're talking about this today. Beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. So let's take a look at the scripture today. It's Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 through 3. This is talking about Jesus. It says, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. Talking about Jesus here. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. 
So, Father, I just feel like what you're showing me here, just yesterday, is that he put aside his beauty and majesty so that he could make us beautiful. That you are the source of beauty, God. And he put that aside, just like he became poor so that he could make us rich. He became sin so that we could become righteous. I feel like he put aside his beauty and majesty so that you could make us beautiful, the beautiful, spotless bride of Christ. And Father, we're asking for wisdom and insight and understanding into this. And what this means for us, if this has any practical implications for us of things we should be walking in, we're asking for your help with that today. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. God sent us his one and only son to die for our sins. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself unto death on a cross. He became poor so that we might become rich. He became sin so that we could become righteous. He put aside his beauty and majesty so that we could become beautiful. That he could make us great. He's done so much for us. He was willing to go to the cross and that God poured the cup of his wrath onto the body of Jesus. He was crushed by God. We're going to see as you read further in Isaiah 53. He was crushed by God. It pleased God to crush him. He was destroyed by him. And this was a turning point for all time. The cross was the turning point of all time. It went to the lowest of lows. But then he's resurrected. He's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. God raises him up and seats him at his right hand in heavenly places. And now that same resurrection power lives on the inside of us. That same spirit and power that raised him from the dead lives on the inside of us. And he raises us up and sits, seats us in heavenly places with him. He connects us back to God, makes us right and holy and perfect in his sight. So, Father, we thank you for this bread. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. Into the kingdom of Jesus. He's become the king. He's a great king. It's forgiveness of sins that cleanses us. His blood cleanses us. Gives us this new covenant relationship with God. This blood sworn oath that God is with us and for us. So Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. <clears throat> All right. So we talk about the principle. The first thing out of your mouth, the first thing in your mouth in the morning sets the tone for the whole day. I believe the same is true in our nutrition. What's the first thing you eat or put in your mouth, eat or drink or put in your mouth every day? 
I've heard some people say it influences your brain chemistry until 5 p.m. that day. And I do believe water is supposed to be the first thing. To wake up first thing in the morning, let there be light. Those words coming out of your mouth. And then when you get your nutrition started for the day, let's have water be that first thing that goes in. Our bodies are primarily water. Let's get that water moving and flowing in our body first. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you go to the AbundantLifeTrainingCenter.com.